you hear that awesome music and you just get ready to go and you know you know what that feels like a friday tune and it is definitely friday finally friday my name is brian anthony davis with me is my good friend hey you know what he deserves to say his own name what's up man brian how are you kevin smith kt smith whatever i'm going by these days i don't know <laughs> the coach <laughs> hardest but, working uh, man in show business you're right that is that is weekend music that's got a little little vibe to it that you know makes you want to kind of leave work early that's a leave work early vibe right there i i love jerry cherry and he does a tutorial he does different stuff on on i believe it's on facebook you can get it if you uh subscribe to his channel no I, actually it's on youtube excuse me and he was doing the uh, guitar solo from jesse's girl and I was like, wow, that is really good what this guy's doing. And we get his music. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Jesse's Girl makes me think of the the uh, great scene in Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> I don't know if you're a fan of Hot Tub Time Machine. Right? You know what? I'm such an 80s guy that Hot Tub Time Machine did not live up to my expectations. But I think a lot of people liked it. Okay. So Yeah, I have some good, uh, some good ski lodge memories. So that was a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know what? I will have to try that movie again with an open mind. All right, hot time, time, hot tub, time machine two was awful. I won't do that. I'll, <laughs> I'll go back to. I didn't even know that existed. To be honest with you, yeah, it's it's really bad. Okay. But hey, let's do this. Let's yeah. definitely get into this, man. So last time we talked, we were pleased with what Omar Khan was doing, right, Kevin? We were. We were singing his praises. He was the dude of the week last week, and but we didn't expect to wake up Sunday morning. Now, did you wake up Sunday morning to this news? Yes. Or was it Saturday night? Because I for me, it was Sunday. Yeah, I didn't know Saturday night either. So I woke up and was like, whoa. So when you say whoa, and what you're saying whoa too is Isaac Sayamalo. Am I saying that correct? Correct, yep. The guard for the Philadelphia Eagles. I remember this guy. And I was, I was kind of a little worried at first because I mixed him up with Jordan Militello. Who was, yeah. I, I believe he was a little more suspect on the offensive line. So I didn't think it was that big of a deal until I realized that it was the, a different guy. <laughs> yeah. So this guy comes highly recommended, KT, right? Absolutely. He was he was the top rated free agent guard by just about every publication that was ranking free agents. He was the 10th highest rated guard in the entire NFL in 2022 per PFF, you know, whatever you put stock, you put in their, in their rankings, but he was a pro bowl alternate. Uh, he's part of a line in Philadelphia. That was arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. And I spent a lot of time looking at that Philadelphia line because yeah, as you and I've talked about before, I'm, I'm a South Jersey guy and Philly is the, the local sports team here and the Eagles get a ton of coverage I really like their scheme. I like what they do in their run game. And when you watch them, they're a real unit. Those are five guys working together. And the Eagles linemen who, who are, remain in Philadelphia have all had glowing things to say about Sayamala, specifically about his professionalism, his preparedness. Uh, you know, Jason Kelsey called him a pro's pro, which I think is about as high a compliment as you can get from a fellow player. So, yes, when I woke up to this news, I was extremely excited. Well, I was, uh, when I figured out who it was, I was too. 
And I mean, I, I know all about Sam Malu, but when you wake up and you're tired and you're, and I should have known something because my phone was buzzing like crazy. Hmm. Yeah. And so when that happens, you just wake up and grab it. When it keeps on going, bzz, 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 you know, something's going on. This guy was a 2016 round three pick 79th overall. And probably pretty close to where Javon Hargrave was picked that year in the third round for Pittsburgh. So, but Sam Alu, he is the real deal. 6'4", 303, but man, this guy plays. And so I'm so excited to have Isaac Sam Alu on this team. And, you know, we heard about how nasty Nate Herbig was and how great this that player possibly could be. And then you hear different things. You're like, okay, what about James Daniel? And James Daniels, you know what you have in them. And I actually heard somebody else, you know, say that, well, they could probably cut him. I'm like, no, you're not cutting James Daniels. Don't even think of that for what you got out of him last year. This is different than Miles Jack. So there's so many different combinations, so many different ways that they can go, Kevin. Let's talk about that. What do you think is most likely or what do you think that they can do to mix and match? And do you think they're even done? Right. Those are a lot of really good questions. Before I, I weigh in on that, just a couple more thoughts real quick on Sam Malo. When you watch his film, one thing that jumps out at him is his communication skills, the way that he works with his fellow linemen. And the, the job that he's going to take is going to be Kevin Dotson's. Uh, I think the odds of Dotson retaining his starting position now are slim to none. And I think one of the biggest reasons that Sayamalo is going to take that job and that the Steelers look to upgrade from Dotson has something to do with another comment that Jason Kelsey made. And Kelsey made a comment about why Sayamalo is so good. And, and he said, it's one word, it's consistency. He said, he said I'm, I'm like everybody else in the sense that I love to watch a, a good splash play. I love to watch a lineman pancake block somebody. Uh, but he said, I'd rather live with uh, or play with a teammate who doesn't make those splash plays but is consistent than a guy who 40% of the time he's doing something sensational, but 20% of the time he's not blocking the right guy. He said, give me, give me five guys who are consistent and do their job over three guys who are, you know, are 40 percenters and, and you're going to have a great line. And I think, you know, Isaac Saimalu is a consistent player who on film communicates well with his teammates, sim seems to understand little things like timing and hand placement and leverage. Uh, and Kevin Dotson's a 40 percenter. Kevin Dotson's a guy who every once in a while you're going to rewind the tape because he just pancaked a 320 pound defensive tackle you're like, oh, my God, watch Dotson on this play. He drove the defensive tackle five yards off the ball and then pancaked him. But then he's also going to bury himself on a double team and give up a run through by the linebacker, which is going to result in a negative play. Or he's going to miscommunicate on uh, uh, some kind of a stunt and let a backer come free uh, on a pass play and pressure the quarterback. Or he's going to overextend himself, which is something he hasn't been able to fix yet. He's always playing out way way out over his feet 
uh, and get off balance and, and a good three tech is going to shed him and, and make a play in the backfield. So, so the lack of consistency for Dotson is, is problematic. And what you get in Sayamalu is, as we said earlier, a pros pro, a guy who knows how to play the game and does it consistently on every snap. So, I mean, that's really just, again, what, what you're gaining uh, in Sayamalu. So where do you expect him to be playing, Kevin? Left guard. Okay. Left guard. So, so you mentioned that there are some options. And I thought we would talk about some likely ones and then maybe some unlikely ones that if the Steelers really want to shake things up, they, they, could, they could opt for. So let's, let's start with the likely ones. The likely, the likely starting five will be from left to right, Dan Moore at left tackle, Sayamalo at left guard, Mason Cole at center, James Daniels at right guard, and Chooks Okorafor at right tackle. Essentially the same starting five as last year with Sayamalu in Dotson's place. And the reason that'll be the likely starting five is because obviously Sayamalu was brought here to be a starter. He didn't leave Philadelphia, a team that was in the Super Bowl last year where he made 20 starts for the Eagles to come be a backup in Pittsburgh, a team that went nine and eight. He's a starter. And the rest of the line, though, is all back. And the consistency of that unit, I think, is very important to the Steelers. When you look at how much that line improved over the course of the season, they were just getting better each week, it seemed. And by the end of the year, had gelled into a a pretty darn good unit that over the last nine weeks of the season, the Steelers finished fifth in the NFL in rushing. Uh, they want to keep Kenny Pickett clean. They want Najee Harris to have a good understanding of where the holes are going to be. Uh, he knows that line now. So, so if the Steelers can make uh, a decent improvement up front with minimal invasion of their um, chemistry, I think that they're going to do that. So for me, that's the likely starting five. The four back with Sayamalo for Dotson. Let me ask you another question about Sayamalu. How much better does he make Dan Moore Jr.? Significantly better. Because Dan now Dan Moore Jr. Uh, graded out as the Steelers' top-rated run blocker last year, which is, I think, uh, something that most people don't realize. But he had he really struggled in pass protection. Uh is not going to make him a better pass protector in one-on-one situations. Some of, some of Moore's problems are his pass set. He doesn't get deep enough on speed rushers at times and he gets beat around the edge. And then at times his his base is too, too narrow and he gets uh, bullied by power rushers. So he's got a lot to fix with his pass set and that's going to be on Pat Meyer and on Dan Moore Jr. But when it comes to handling twists and stunts, when it comes to professional things, meaning like little things like, for example, Fletcher Cox and, uh, and Javon Hargrave, made the comment about Sayamalu that they hated to practice against him. And the reason they hated to practice against him was because there were no tells in his pre-snap demeanor. He never gave away the play by stance uh, or by alignment. You know, linemen, a lot of times, if they're pulling, for example, they'll cheat back just a little bit because they want to get as much depth as they can. So they'll, they'll back up off the center a little bit or, if they're gonna, if, if it's a pass, they, they won't put as much weight on their on their hand when they put their hand down because they know that they have to kick step. 
Or if it's a run, they'll, they'll put significantly more weight on their hand. These are all things that in the NFL, defensive linemen are locked in on to try to get that edge as to what's going to happen. And Hargrave and Cox both said, Sam Olive is the same guy every single play, no matter what he's doing. Dan Moore Jr. can learn from that, right? Dan Moore Jr. can learn from the experience that Sam Olive brings and his really high football IQ. And um, undoubtedly, that will help more. That is such, <laughs> that is so encouraging to see. The guy is 29. He's not going to be 30 until a couple of days before Halloween. It's nice to know that you have a guy like this on a three-year deal that it seems like he's the kind of player that can keep getting better too. And he, he seems like you said, like a complete professional. So I love everything that you're telling me here about Isaac Samalu. So with that being said, this line is significantly better by how much of a percentage, if it's the line that you just talked about, the likely line. I think the, the substitution of Samalu for Dotson is significant. And the, con- the, co- the consistency of the chemistry, bringing back Pat Meyer and the other four guys, makes them, I don't think it makes them a, a, a top five line in, in the NFL, but I think it makes them a, a markedly better line because you're replacing the, the weak link with a player who immediately becomes the best player on the, on the, the unit. So your left guard was your fifth best guy. He's now your best guy. And, and that counts for a lot. Now we are hearing a lot of people saying, they're like, now you've got to replace Dan Moore Jr. That's not the case, is it, Kevin? So I don't know. That's very interesting because now we get into sort of the, all right, well, what if the Steelers want to really shake things up? What if they want to overhaul the entire left side of the line? You've got Sayamalo. And now what if you get a shot in round one with that 17th pick at one of the four guys who are widely considered to be uh, left tackles who would be draftable in that in that particular spot? Guys that who could probably start as rookies. We're talking about Skaronsky from Northwestern, Paris Johnson from Ohio State, uh, Broderick Jones from Georgia, and Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Those four guys are all guys – who I believe if they're there at 17, the Steelers would think long and hard about taking. Um, and so if you do that, now there's a temptation to, to put them in direct competition with Moore and essentially to say, well, everything we just said about Sayamalu and his ability to help Moore is even, is even more true with a rookie left tackle because you're now learning the Steeler way from the get-go and you're, and you're learning it from a really good line coach in Pat Meyer and a veteran guard who you're working with. So might they do that? Might they say, Hey, here's a guy like, for example, Darnell Wright from Tennessee is really rising up draft boards. He's a guy I really like. Uh, He's got great length. He's a good pass protector already. He needs a little bit of help as a run blocker. Sam is a great guy to partner him with. Maybe the Steelers would, would take him at 17 and maybe they see more now, maybe as a guy who can kick over to the right side and compete with Chooks Okora for, uh, or push Okora for a little bit or, or be a swing tackle. But um, they've got some options if they really like somebody there at 17. Who do you like better at right tackle? If that happens, if you bring somebody in, would you like a Chooks or would you like a Dan Moore Jr.? Or would you want to 
go ahead and put a guy like Darnell Wright, who's uh, he's a guy that yeah I'm hearing a lot of too, uh, a big guy from Tennessee, yep. just huge man, a yep. mountain. Yep. And would you want to see him start at right tackle? And is it a possibility that that uh, Chooks is the odd man out, and or does he go over to left tackle? I don't think Chooks is the odd man out. I think he had a pretty good season last year. You and I talked about this last week, and I want to repeat it quickly. If people can just come to terms with who Chooks is, then then they can accept that he's a, he's a pretty good player. It's it's like the people who are, will always knock Terrell Edmonds because he was a first round pick, yeah. And and maybe he doesn't live up to first round billing. But if you but if he'd been a third round pick, everybody would be thrilled with him. Chooks is not the most physical guy in the world. He's not a guy who who really digs linemen out and and pushes them off the ball. But he's a good position blocker he moves his feet really well he's a good pass protector uh and and those are the things that the Steelers ask him to do the the thought of moving more over to the right side or or if you took Darnell right moving him to the right side because that's where he played in Tennessee this year on the right side that's what I'm insinuating right that's intriguing that's intriguing because uh you're now essentially saying we don't really I don't want to say I don't want to say they don't have faith with in Chukes, but but you're you're certainly pushing him, and I don't think the Steelers are going to do that. I think that I think that they're pretty comfortable with him right now. Well, that that is absolutely great. I love the fact that we have this conversation about a line that everybody was really scared about last year, and we're going to continue to talk about this when we come back on Here We Go, the Steelers Show from Steel Curtain Network as a part of Fans First Sports Network. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The worst looking man you've ever seen. There I am on the subway train. Welcome back. Yes, we are doing it. It is Steel Curtain Network. It is Here We Go, the Steeler Show. And it is the coach, KT Smith. Three-time champion from the state of New Jersey, high school football. And when he talks, I listen. Everybody here at Still Curtain Network listens because this guy puts on a tutorial every week on the show. So I'm glad you guys and gals are checking this show out. We really appreciate it. And make sure you check out all the other great shows here on Steel Curtain Network. On Wednesday, we had another episode of Steel City Insider with Mr. Ritz, Ritz and also... Mr. Wexel. So it's great to have an insider on this network. And once again, a great show. So make sure you check all of that out. They talk about Isaac Samalo as well, but you're going to get a different listen about Isaac Samalo because you have a beat writer and you have an actual coach 
here as well. They both have great insight. So make sure you check out not only this show, but that show too. Great, great listen. Also, yesterday morning, another great episode of the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. Another fantastic episode. I mean, if you like to have your funny bone tickled, Check out what Ian's talking about. These guys are just fantastic. We had another preview last night. And then this morning, you heard Let's Ride. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you're always going to get Let's Ride. So Jeff Hartman with Jeremy Betts. He calls him Jerome because, in fact, Jeff won't let parents name other people's kids anymore. He has to name them. So with that being said, so much to listen to, so much coming up this weekend as well. But we are talking about the offensive line situation, KT. And man, I am so much more excited than I ever was in the last two years about the offensive line. Yeah. Think back to two years ago when the Steelers were, were so thin up front that they had to insert a clearly not ready for primetime Kendrick Green in at center. And that experiment did not go well. So the Steelers now have seven guys on the roster plus the potential of an eighth coming in through the draft who are starting quality players. And there's some position flexibility here as well. So we haven't even gotten to Herbig yet, who is a guy who could potentially start at guard or even center. So here, let me throw you, let me throw this one at you, Brian. And then now, now we're just sort of thinking a little bit outside the box because we don't really know what the Steelers uh, intend to do. And you bring in a guy like Herbig, uh, who made 28, who's made 28 starts in his NFL career in the 44 games he's played, and is billed as a, an absolute beast in the run game. Uh, Nasty Nate is his nickname. And, uh, and what if the Steelers say, hey, we, we really want to be great in the run game up the middle, guard, center, guard. We want to control and own the A-gaps in the run game. And we like Mason Cole. But he's a little bit on the lighter side, he, you know, compared to Herbig anyway. He's 305 pounds and Herbig goes about 340. And and we're not convinced that Mason Cole, while he's a good technician and a good pass blocker, is not the answer for us in the run game. I mean, if the Steelers wanted to go in that direction, they could start Herbig at center. He's made starts in the NFL at center. Uh, they could basically say, yeah, let's 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 go with a, a go big or go home philosophy. And we're just going to be big from guard to guard. And then we're going to be skilled and athletic at, on the tack at the tackles so that we can run our outside zone game and protect the edges. Uh, what would you think about that, Brian? Well, if you go there, then you have Mason Cole on the bench or you're actually trying to trade a player like Mason Cole, who uh, is only in his second year and I believe he has only a two-year contract. So I think it's his last year in Pittsburgh. Right. Maybe maybe Cole becomes your swing player who can back up both guards and be, and be your backup center as well. Uh, again, I'm not suggesting this is going to happen, but, but it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be crazy thinking if the Steelers did something like that. It wouldn't, it w- it, you could make the argument as to why they would do it. You could say, you know, a, you're going to get a better run blocker in the middle of your line. And while Cole is a better uh, pass blocker and Cole's the more experienced of the two, putting um, Herbig in the middle of the line next to Sayamalu and Daniels, both of whom are high IQ players, would certainly help him. So there's there's definitely an argument to be made there. 
Yeah, you know, I think there indeed is. And it's very interesting. And it's nice to have the flexibility because last year you did not have this flexibility. And I don't even think there's odd men out because I don't know how you're going to get lucky like you did last year and have the continuity on that offensive line that you did this season. That you right, did that's, a, that's a great point. Yeah, there's no doubt that the Steelers will will have to use their bench more than they did last season when they when their starters collectively played over 99% of the total snaps. That's that's crazy. Yeah, so that's that's a major concern. You so you want to have those able guys there. You know, it looks like the JC Hassenauer era has ended in Pittsburgh. It looks like a they're going to bring in some, there's going to be an offensive lineman in the draft. And I still think it's going to be fairly high. So I could see that happening, but you have that ability. And we talked about that earlier. You have the ability to redshirt a guy, do the Kenny Pickett treatment, even though he's not a, uh, he is not a quarterback and it's a complete different situation. But if you have a guy that is NFL ready, then you can go ahead and do that. But sometimes you might not want to do that until week one, two, or three and let uh, Dan Moore Jr. go ahead and do his thing. Now, are you content if Dan Moore Jr. starts the season, even if they get a high-profile offensive tackle? Yes, I have I have confidence that they can that they can go into the season with with Dan Moore Jr. as their starter and 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 do well with Sam Milo as the guard next to him. Honestly, if I were choosing. Uh, of, of the options that we've been discussing, the first one where Sayamalu for Dotson is the only change to the O-line would be my preference, even if the Steelers land one of those uh, four top-rated tackles at pick number 17. I just think it's hard to walk in and start week one in the NFL at any spot, but certainly at left tackle because of uh, you know the, the quality of edge rushers that you're, you're going to face. Uh, another let, let me throw one more option out at you, Brian, and, and we'll call this the 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 Baldy plan, right? Brian Baldinger, uh, the NFL Network analyst, floated a real an, an interesting idea recently where he has the Steelers doing a complete overhaul of the the interior of their line. Baldinger, in one of his film breakdowns, suggested that the Steelers would start say Malu at left guard for Dotson, but that they would that they would jettison both Cole and Daniels, neither of whom he was real high on uh, last year, and that they would start Herbig at the right guard and make a play for a center, probably Minnesota's John Mitchell Schwartz, the highest rated center in the draft with their second pick and insert him as the center. And when I first read it, I was like, come on, Baldy. I, I agree with a lot of what he has to say. I love his breakdowns and things like that, but that sounded like, you know, crazy talk to me. But then I looked at the fact that Daniels has an $11 million cap hit for next year and Cole's in the second year of just a two-year deal and thought, you know, hey, what if the Steelers think that they they can do some addition by subtraction and want to get bigger and tougher and nastier up front? And, and that's the direction they go. I love the idea of Schmitz. I think he is one of those players that uh... – that I've seen second round, maybe third round, they can go ahead and get this guy. Second pick of the second round or the third round, there's a possibility. I would be very comfortable with that. There's another, Wexel's in love with uh, Joe Tipman from Wisconsin. I don't know how much you uh, have followed uh, that guy, but 
I think he's pretty tough too. So th- there's there's a potential to in the th- even in the fourth round to get a guy like Tipman. So I I could see them drafting a center, and I have no problem with that. And in fact, I think that would actually be ideal. But I would not see them jettisoning one of these guys. I I just don't think that's going to happen when they could redshirt, and especially after the Kendrick Green debacle. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it'll happen either. And I, and I can honestly can say I, I don't. I would prefer for it not to because I really do believe that consistency and chemistry are really important for for an, an offensive line. But when you you think about Pat Meyer's philosophy, Meyer. Uh, is a big believer in being strong up the middle in the run game and and athletic on the at, on the edge in the tackle spots. And so so you're looking at a guy like Herbig, right, who we know is is a big physical guy. And now you're talking about centers from the University of Minnesota and the University of Wisconsin, right, respectively, which if those two schools are known for one thing, it's running the football. Those are downhill uh, smash mouth football programs where they just churn out run blocking linemen. And so maybe that's the, maybe that's the philosophy. Maybe it's, it's the whole, this is what Pat Meyer likes. We all know that uh, Matt Canada wants to run, run, run the ball and set the pass up off of that. And, and there could be an argument to be made that the Steelers are going to, to go all in on big physical run blockers. Don't think it'll happen but I don't think we can be shocked by anything. No, I don't think we could be shocked either. And the, the nice thing about it, once again, is they have so many options here. They've, uh, But they are not hurting on this offensive line. I don't think anybody is going to say that O-line is the Achilles heel of this team anymore. No, I, I and I, I don't even know if you could argue that in 2022 – it was the weakest position group. That's a conversation for another another podcast. But I think that the upgrade that they made with Sayamalu combined with some of the things that we've talked about today could potentially turn the line into a strength. Yeah, it very well could be. So, I mean, fantastic job bringing these guys in. The last guy that we could possibly talk about, and we already talked about the guy, but there's been talk about moving James Daniels to center i think that is absolutely ridiculous i know he's played that before but if you're going to move anybody you're going to do if you're going to have that combination i think james daniels is you're probably better off with him at guard and with her big at center so i think that would be the least likely of things to happen but i've heard it yeah i agree with that if you if you move daniels to center and insert her big at guard you are absolutely guaranteeing that you're running no schemes where the guards are are pulling because J- Daniels is a, a good athletic guard who can get out and do that. And Herbig is not. And the Steelers hardly ever pulled their linemen last year to begin with. They were almost exclusively an inside outside zone team. But if you make that particular move, uh, essentially you're, you're just going all in on that, that scheme again. And I think the Steelers would like to get back to being able to run some traditional sweep that they, they were a pin and pull sweep team for years and years and years. Uh, they ran, they were a counter and gap team for years and years. Those are all schemes that involve pulling guards. So it would surprise me if they made a move that limited themselves that much athletically at the guard position. Any final thoughts on the options of the offensive line for the Steelers? 
I just think that you're looking at, at a situation where they're, they're really in a nice spot where, where they know if they had to play a game tomorrow, that the starting five that they could trot out, which is the four guys from last year, plus Sayamalo for Dot for Dotson, is a pretty darn good unit. And you can go into the draft really with, with your eyes wide open and, and think to yourself about best player available, positioning down the road. If you don't want, if there's not a tackle that you love in that first round, you can wait. You can get the, the next wave of tackles are probably more worthy of of the number 48 pick than the 32 pick, but you can wait, you can get a good tackle at, at 48. You could, you could get that center at 48 if you want and, and, and stash him away for a year and have him succeed Mason Cole in 2024. There's a, just a, a, a tremendous amount of flexibility right now for the, for the Steelers. And they're in a position where I don't think that people thought they'd be in for quite some time. I think that they've, turn this I'm not ready to anoint the line as you know it's it's there but they've turned it around pretty quickly if Skaronsky is there at 17 and so is Joey Porter Jr or your cornerback of choice it could be I know you like Devin Witherspoon yeah your corner of choice or Skaronsky you're the GM what trigger are you pulling oh that's a tough one uh <laughs> if it's Witherspoon I'm taking him because I think he's an I think he's a, a really special player for the Steelers. I think he fits what the Steelers want to do perfectly. And Skaronsky, yeah, I don't get into the, the measurables as much as a lot of people do. I, I I just I thought the Kenny Pickett hand stuff was hysterical. Um, but the short arms for an offensive tackle is a bit of a concern. And there is a lot of talk that Skaronsky will get kicked inside to guard. And that's obviously a spot now where the Steelers are pretty strong. So if it's Skronsky versus Porter or Witherspoon, I'm probably going to take the corner. Because I'm thinking that there's a guy, whichever way you go, I want him to either go corner or offensive tackle, really, at uh, at number 17. And I expect him to do the same thing, but opposite, vice versa, at 32. Because those guys, you you have some possibilities there. But if they go with the corner and you feel you feel that they can probably go somewhere elsewhere if a Trenton Simpson is there and wait until 48 to get that offensive lineman? Yeah, I think they can. you got to remember the Steelers have not drafted an offensive lineman in the first or second round since Mike Adams in 2013. That's the last offensive lineman that they've taken in the first or second round. So Somebody was smoking something when they made that pick, too. Yeah, Mike Adams, man. I, <laughs> I, I think it was him, but uh, – <laughs> Didn't he get busted for a couple of things, a couple of violations? Yeah, but I he might have passed, passed, puffed to uh, Kevin Colbert on that one. Yeah, you know, hey, but yeah, but again, you don't just, you don't know. Sometimes he was a highly rated tackle. Yeah, he of, was out of Ohio State, and and they they turn out some pretty good linemen. But you never know how these guys are going to uh, tr- uh, transfer to the NFL. But I think that the Steelers have an opportunity. You know, well, well, first of all. I think their, their mindset's different. I mean, look who's making the draft board. Andy Weidel's making the draft board. Uh, and there's a guy who, who loves offensive linemen and defensive linemen and values them tremendously. So if there's a year now where the Steelers, with three out of the first 48 picks in the draft, are going to break that trend of not selecting a lineman high, this is the year. So I think you'll see the Steelers in one of those first three picks take take an offensive lineman but i'm not 100 percent convinced it's with 17 or 32 are you with me that the steelers are not desperate in this draft 
A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I still think that their biggest need is at on on the defensive side of the ball, at corner and inside linebacker. Those are the two areas that worry me the most. The moves they've made on, on up front on offense now, for me, make that a little bit of a lesser priority. All right, let's get ready to get on out of here. It's due to the week time. And I actually have one that I did not discuss with you. Um, but I'm going to defer to you, and then I'm going to throw in a shout-out because due to the week's usually Steeler, and that's where we're going to hear. I'm going to go outside of the box a little bit with some news that came out today, so uh, it's not going to conflict with what you have, so go ahead. All right, cool. I, lo- I like when you give me some out-of-the-box stuff. Um, yeah, I'm Isaac Sayamalo is my dude of the week, my welcome to Pittsburgh dude of the week. Everything that I read about this guy and everything that I've watched uh, of him is, you know, he's he's the kind of guy that, as a coach, I would just love to coach. I, I, he's the son of a coach. His father was a, a, a college defensive line coach. He's grown up around the game. His teammates in Philadelphia rave about his football IQ, his preparedness. He is quiet. Hey, they say that, uh, that, that reporters struggle to get more than two words out of him. And for me, I don't know, that just feels like an offensive lineman, that, that all the offensive linemen that I've grown up around uh, and been around just uh, are are very subdued guys. I mean, we're talking about offensive linemen who who have this weird sort of like fraternity that they call the mushroom society because mushrooms grow anonymously in the dark. And uh, and they and they, that's sort of how they see themselves uh, as as just these sort of anonymous entities. Uh, yet he's such an impactful player. He's going to be missed in Philly. And I'll tell you why I know he's going to be missed in Philly. Cause when I woke up on Sunday morning, before I'd even read the news about say Amalo, when I looked at my phone, there was a text message from my college roommate, who's a huge Eagles fan. And all the text message said was jerk. And I was like, <laughs> okay, what's that about? Uh, and I, you know, I texted him back and he sent me, he, he sent me the link to them signing Sayamalo. So my text back to him was payback for Hargrave. That was my text back to him. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So this next dude of the week, this is, uh, I mean, we just had the happy news about Isaac Sayamalo. Now this is very sad to me. This is a guy when we were talking about free agent wish lists. He came up on my wish list, and his name is Foster Moreau from the Raiders. And it was announced maybe about, and we're recording this on Wednesday night, actually. So it was about an hour ago when we learned the news that uh, Foster Moreau, at age 25, was, uh, I guess he was following a physical, trying to sign on with the Kansas City Chiefs, and found out that he has Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh God! So it is very, very sad news here. He's taking hopefully just a year away from football. I mean, take the time you need and definitely get better Foster Moreau. This was a guy that back in 2019, he was on a lot of Steeler wish lists and he almost got to the Steelers because I think two picks before the Steelers took Zach Gentry, the Raiders took Foster Moreau. So he almost got there. And I remember looking at the board and when I saw the name him go off, I'm like, no, because I, I, in my heart, I knew he was the next pick. And so doesn't matter what team you play for, you play for the human race. And Foster Moreau, you're our dude of the week. Fight, my friend. God bless you. We're all pulling for you. Absolutely. Well said, Brian. 
With that being said, it's time for us to get on out of here. Remember, Fans First Sports Network, we're we're doing a launch. We are, it's not just us. If you love a team in another league, even if you're just like me, Pirates of Penguins, we have those affiliates. We have Pit Football. We have those affiliates. But we have all kinds of affiliates. The Denver Broncos, check. We're going to have a Dallas Cowboys. It's a fantastic show. Check. So we're going to have all these European soccer. We got it. We we have some teams and we're building every day. So make sure you start looking for Fans First Sports Network and check out the Steel Curtain Network for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers needs as well. For Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been the Steel Curtain Network's Here We Go, the Steelers show. And we ask you to do this. Keep your feet on the ground, Kevin. Keep reaching for those hypocycloids. Hy-